0: Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen Podcast, brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at cbgairport.com. Donna. Yes. Hi, welcome to Jeff and Jen's Faker for Real. How are you doing this morning?
2: Pretty good. How are you? Excellent. Doing awesome. If you can pick out the real headline here, you are going to go to the cyclone scheme Friday night, courtesy of our friends at the Plastic Surgery Group. Yay! All right, so here we go. Tell us, which one is it? Is it at? A family member lets an 11-year-old drive the car because they're sick of him playing Grand Theft Auto. Is it B, woman arrested for peeing on and destroying X's Xbox, or C, man wins $50,000 in gaming competition and blows it all on Prosecco and prostitutes?
0: I'm going
2: to go with C. No, no, I'm sorry. Okay. It's not the wine and hookers today. It's the 11-year-old driving the car. Oh, wow. I know. Oh my it's the God. really scary one out of the three, yeah. right? Wow. I was hoping it wasn't that one. <laughs> I know, right? You hope it ain't.
0: Like, what's worse, letting a young kid play Grand Theft Auto or letting him take the first steps toward actually living it out?
1: That's what I was trying to figure out, too.
0: Yeah, the police in Lancashire, England, pulled over an 11-year-old kid who was driving a car in a parking lot on Sunday... And the adult family member who was with him told the cops they'd taken him out to practice driving as a way to get him to stop playing Grand Theft Auto all day. That family member was hit with several traffic charges.
2: He obviously has a passion for it. So I could see where they would think that maybe that would be a fun activity. Right?
1: game is horrible, though. How are you 11 and playing that?
2: When we
0: were kids, my mom wanted us to see Hudson Bay which is north of Canada, that big body of water mm-hmm. right, on the north part of Canada. Anyway, so you can't get there by roads because it's the middle of nowhere. So you take a seven-hour train ride from Timmins, Ontario, home of uh, Shania Twain. Then mm-hmm. you get off the train in this little city of Moosini, Ontario. Moosinie, that's a great name for At town. the end of the Moose River.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, because <laughs> there are no roads that go there, The roads that exist there are pretty much the wild, wild west, and so we get off this train, and I watch a ten-year-old—I don't know, not a teenager yet—driving a Caprice Classic just (laughs) just down the dirt road. I'm like,
1: "What the hell is going on?"
0: And so we ask
2: the people on the train, like, "Yeah, there's really no—it's just kind of whatever." It's just well, I was taking the—I was taking the car and driving places. I was taking the Oldsmobile at twelve and driving it around. Are you guys kidding me? Well, it was out, we were out in the middle of the country. There was no way I would drive it from just up the hill. Couldn't you see me driving <laughs> our Aries K down Highland Avenue? Right, exactly. <laughs> not going to happen. In I Cullington. do not recommend. No. I do not recommend. But small town living is a different situation.
0: Yeah, I was probably ten the first time, nah eh, ten or eleven, maybe the first time my stepdad let me like sit in the driver's seat. You know, kind of on his lap, like. Allowing me to steer while he would handle the pedals, and mm-hmm. then
1: in Boston,
0: in a parking lot, like oh, a, like okay. an abandoned parking lot, an empty parking lot. Well,
1: that makes a little more sense, right? I mean, you weren't out on the road,
0: no. But then, like you know, when I was old enough to reach the pedals, you know, he'd take me to an empty
2: lot and he would let me let you go. Yeah, my dad loves to tell the story about how when I was three years old, I would sit on his lap on the back roads and I would steer the truck <laughs> at three. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then I think even before I got my learner's permit, I think I was like 15 and when we were taking one of our, you know, annual road trips to see our relatives in Fort Myers, uh, I think my mom was letting me take the wheel like drive, you know, at night, like in the middle of the night, because we would drive straight through and she would need to sleep mm-hmm. yeah. and, you know, she would trust me to do those long, like more isolate, desolate stretches of I-95 Yeah, in the middle of the night where there was minimal traffic.
1: Yeah, I mean, what could go wrong, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I didn't even have my learner's permit really, yet. I don't you know, think. Yeah. Yeah. Me, yeah,
2: and she could sleep. See, that would be that's one <laughs> thing. Show, goes show what a wonderful, wonderful driver I am. Yes, I am sure. I'm a, I'm a very a, excellent driver. I,
1: I am an excellent
2: yes. driver. Fifty-four
0: percent of people say they feel like they don't have anyone to turn to when they have an issue at work.
2: That's really sad. When you think about how many hours you spend in the workplace every week and if you're feeling all alone and there's nobody there that you can talk to, especially if there's an issue that comes up, yeah. that sucks. I've been there before. And
0: that's me.
1: Always feel confident on your second date with help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440
2: or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com.
1: Surgery com
2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
0: Mainly because 60% say they're too intimidated to take problems to their boss. 65% won't go to HR because they believe it's there to protect the company, not the employees. And they're probably not wrong. Hmm. I mean, I mean, if you, you protect ask, the company by protecting the
2: employees, yeah, I would argue. It's but we're just going to have to start asking all of our HR people that come in to play the best friend game. Who are you really working for?
1: Well, and this like with the whole like the hashtag Me Too thing that happened with Matt Lauer, I was reading a lot about that, and this was like all part of the reason why it took people forever to come forward against Matt Lauer. Was because they felt he was so inside, even their HR department was on his side. So it took a long time.
0: They depict that whole dilemma well on the morning show, don't you think? Yes, they do. You know, with who's who's really working for who here.
2: And who's getting promotions for, remember the one girl went in in the morning show, the one girl went in to report it to the head of the network and the network gave her a promotion.
0: Yep. Because they knew exactly what she was doing in there.
2: Well, that's what they thought.
0: Survey also found 17% of people have had something serious go down at work, but did not file a complaint because they were afraid they would get fired.
2: I had a boss <clears throat> very early in my radio career. I was just an intern at the time. It's my one my it was my very first job. And it was when the first Batman movie came out. And he and I went to the premiere like in a limo and he was in a Batman costume and they had me dressed up like Batgirl and he was kind of flirty with me. I didn't think anything of it. At the, it, it I wasn't like super offended by anything that he did, but I could see how other women might be uncomfortable because mm-hmm. <clears throat> he was like putting his hand on my leg and just, but it didn't feel like anything to me. Maybe I was just naive, but anyway, I got a tearful apology from him like two days later, completely unsolicited I made no complaints to anybody. I didn't say anything to lead him to believe that I was upset with him in any way, because I really wasn't. But I got this. I mean, he cried. I was in his office and he wow, just wow, really, he, like borderline sobbed, apologizing to me for his inappropriate behavior.
0: Wow. What what uh, what do you think occurred that. That that made that so real for him.
2: I I really don't. You think have somebody else any, said something about it to him? Possibly. I don't know. Mm. But that was such an interesting position to be in. At I mean, I think it was nineteen or twenty oh, at the time. Yeah. Did you say yeah. he
0: was drunk when he
2: did that? No, I don't think he was drunk at all when he touched your leg or whatever. No, I don't. Th- I don't remember him having been. Well, and I think drinking. it's hard too.
1: Like even though you didn't, you didn't take. You didn't have a thought about it at the moment. Mm-hmm. But if it would have been someone else, they would have been like, I just got my first job in radio. I, there's not a lot of radio jobs here. I can't say anything. Somebody right. so
2: must what, have said something. Yeah. To them, Somebody must have witnessed oh, it and sure. said, hey, you were behaving inappropriately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And they probably
0: like looked at you and maybe they thought your reaction or an expression on your face or Might maybe you, shown you something. gave something away that made them think you were really uncomfortable and they said something to them.
2: Yeah. That's
0: all I can think. Unless, you know, the other option is maybe he just sobered up. And you know how, like when you wake up and, you know, three or four in the morning, you're like, oh, God, what have I done?
2: (laughs) What did I do? What did I do? I don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, if that ever happens here, Jen, you let us know.
2: What, where you make me feel uncomfortable?
0: No. (laughs) If anyone ever makes you feel uncomfortable. Oh. You you can tell us. You're, you're
2: my people. You're my people I should go to.
0: Yes. Just give us a heads up so we can turn the mics on.
2: What if it's <laughs> us? <laughs> what if it
1: is us?
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show podcast brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.